Hey, everybody, I'm Johnny Hedgepeth. And I'm Pete Schermacher. And we're hard for Picard. Damn straight, man. That So, yeah. Uh-huh. We're not squishy like a changeling. We're hard, right. hard for Picard. And uh, we're back after uh, taking a week off. Thanks to all you, who are all the listeners. Uh, it was a busy, busy, busy week for me, uh, being the end of the month. But uh, Pete and I are back, and we're about to talk about Picard, the last season, episode seven, Dominion. So, Pete, as soon as I see the title, Dominion, my yeah. deep, my deep space nine boner. Uh, of course, I'm like a Klingon. I'm hard for Picard and deep space. Nine. <laughs> yeah, because the Dominion were were the villains for fucking uh, deep space nine. Yeah, and they were one of the great, the great, and, hooked, and they can connected to the changelings. You know. Yeah, it's uh the, the Dominion War, my favorite story arc ever. Even, not even just in Star Trek, but one of my favorite story arcs ever in television. Is I mean, it, it was the first time we ever saw war in Star Trek, really, you know. Uh-huh. We've heard about it, and, you know, but it's like, you know, it's almost like Star Trek. You know, Star Wars, you hear about the Clone Wars. You're like, what? You know, that sounds awesome, you know. <laughs> Until you saw it. Mm-hmm. Well, no, the cartoon was good. cartoon uh, was pretty damn good, man. Uh, no, but yeah, that will see. Let me ask you. I, I know. I think I know how you feel about it, but one of the criticisms of, like, hardcore Trekkies and Trekkers, whatever, about D Space Nine is by showing the Federation at war, you're betraying Gene Roddenberry's vision. And because we're not supposed to have that, you know, it's supposed to be well, guess what? Um, the man's dead and his vision died with that. We either, I think they were, they, they still followed his vision, but they, I mean, they need to change it up here and there. I mean, it made, it made, exactly. it, made it different. I mean, Exactly. And this in this episode we're about to talk about deal is deals with Deep Space Nine and what we're talking about with what happens with the Federation is at war and the fact that and this is another criticism of New Trek by idiots who haven't really watched Star Trek, I guess, like mad that the Federation can be shown as having a, a dark side. And I was like, there's been like like evil admirals. I think since the original series, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's not hell. The next generation, we had that that one. They they try to uh, infiltrate the damn Federation. Oh yeah, the the bugs. Yeah, and Riker and fucking Picard murder them. Yeah, that was um when when this uh series when this uh uh, I'm sorry when this season of Picard first started and uh, Beverly uh, says trust no one. Yeah, I was thinking right. I was thinking right back to that episode. Yeah, a lot of people were. A lot of people were uh, thinking back to the bugs. In, uh, it's called in, the red herring. Yeah, in conspiracy that, like, that there was the red eye herring. Uh, yeah, of me thinking it was the Pa Race and Gold Ducat. Who at at the time of this recording, everybody, uh, Picard is over. We've seen it. We know who the big bad is, and uh, and uh, it all makes sense. And it's all there, but boy, do they it drop is. a lot of red herrings on the way. They do. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, we mentioned this last episode. They're red ha- red herrings because if they were green herrings, we would have gotten it right away. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> so the uh, IMDb, uh, bleh, bleh, the IMDb, easy for me to say. Description of this episode. <laughs> Crippled, cornered, and out of options, Picard stages a gambit to trap Vatic and reveal her true motive, a gamble that puts the Titan in the crosshairs 
and forces Picard and Beverly to question every moral code they've ever had. Well, and again, this is this one is so Deep Space Nine centric that yeah. uh, I'll tell you right now when we get to the reviews. Oh, by the way, did I find uh, only one that I'm gonna we're gonna do? And boy, is it something, buddy! Uh, but there's a lot of criticism in those 29 imdb reviews about what we were just talking about wow oh the federation's evil you know uh oh and also uh, upset that everything goes wrong in the episode to set up a cliffhanger i'm like yeah that's how cliffhangers work (laughs) can you imagine like like oh all this is just to set up what's going to happen next episode you know, I think if Amanda Plummer's uh, father was alive, he would have said, no, don't join the franchise. <laughs> and he was a great Vulcan. I mean, great. He's uh, the best. Klingon. General Chang? General yeah. Chang? Is, 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 like, we've talked about it. We've mentioned a lot. Undiscovered Country. That might be my favorite of the uh, of the OG movies, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, it's uh, my number two. Yeah. Uh, so that and Wrath of Khan, right? And yeah, Wrath of Khan one, yeah. And the whales. Whales is three. Yeah, whales. I mean, a lot of people like to say, like, "Oh, whales is the best one." I was like, "No, yeah, no. really." It's I would I would tie for that and search for Spock. Honestly, I like search. Oh, for Spock I like a lot. I, I like it a lot better than search for Spock. And okay, lot, but I think search for Spock is underrated. That's a fun. Right. That's a fun movie. It's like we've talked about it. the only ones that the first one is fucking boring as watching boring paint as dry, fuck. Yeah. and the fifth one is actively terrible. Yeah, <laughs> that's <just> true. Yeah. <laughs> Although again, there's a uh, lower decks uh, bit where they're, they're on the holodeck and they're and a couple of characters are rock climbing and uh, one of them flies up and he's wearing the go climber rock t-shirt. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's what I mean. The Easter eggs in that show will make your mind. Oh, explode. sure, yeah. <laughs> so this episode starts with the Titan hiding in the Chintaka system. Oh, I'm sorry, the Chintaka scrapyard, and uh, if the name Chintaka. Uh, rings any bells, Pete? Uh, whoa, boy, the trivia really is going to help us out this time because there's a lot of Deep Space Nine in that name. But there's a lot of Voyager on the screen, Pete. It's Tuvok talking to Seven. Yeah, that was a great. Um, you're like, ah, you know, and now you're glad it's Seven to have the conversation because of their history and stuff. Yeah, it's good to see. It was good to see Tim Russ. I love Tim yeah. Russ. Uh, but on that documentary I was talking about uh, off mic, uh, Tim Russ is awesome in it, man. Oh, he's sure. Like the, the coolest dude. He strikes you as like a straight shooter, too. Hey, oh, oh, boy, is he ever. Yeah, he's very he's a straight shooter while being very diplomatic at the same yeah. time. <laughs> he doesn't want to hurt anyone's feelings, probably, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, she's asking him, where's Riker? And uh, boy, do they do a little, speaking of red herrings and the little tricks they play. Uh, that Terry Metallus and them do here. They're not sure if this is actually Tuvok, right? Because yep. it says that the, the voice authenticator is and and and, 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 be, and we've also this is a scene we're just seeing this for the first time, but it seems like they've uh, they they, 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 they imply they've done this uh, a shit ton of times. Oh already, yeah, they've been right? reaching out. They've been reaching out yeah. to a lot of people and constantly getting a uh, uh, track. Um, so Seven's te- uh, testing him. And when she mentions the game that they used to play and he answers it correctly, she smiles. The theme to Voyager 
plays in the background which tells you the viewer this is tuvok and you go oh it's tuvok and then two seconds later she flips the the script on him yeah and and catches him in the lie uh and it's not tuvok it's chuvok he's a changeling yep and the slight grin the evil grin that was great yeah that was a great bit yeah, yeah, on Chuvak when he goes, he's like, "Bravo, Mister Bond, you caught me." But yeah, and then he changes into Dead Riker. Which yeah, is that was creepy. Good. And they got to disconnect before they can get tracked. And boy, I I popped again. I'm also I loved Voyager. I was a huge, that, was, that was a great scene. Voyager that was a great fan. scene right there. You know, love seeing them. And I mean, uh, and, 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 I mean, they have all this stuff on on there, but there's a lot of subtlety there too. You know, a lot of totally. A lot of scene chewing there too. I mean, good stuff. Totally good. Give me the scene chewing rather than the mopey. Uh, I say this as someone who likes Discovery, but the mopey dealing with trauma yeah. on so many of these, uh, some of these other shows. But give me some fucking sh- uh, some cheens. Uh, I had dental surgery uh, this past week as well, Pete. As if you couldn't oh, wow. tell. Yeah. <laughs> Scene chewing is what I was trying to say. I can't do a lot of chewing right now. I'm, I'm like uh, eating well, a lot of a lot of soft foods uh, for the next. There you week. Go. <laughs> so we cut to uh, Picard and Beverly and Jordy, and they're trying to figure out what to do. And Be- this is where we start to get Bev uh, sliding about uh, the, her Hippocratic oath because she sort of brings up maybe we got to do something biological, like you know we did yeah. the first time. <laughs> She's definitely a different Beverly, you know? Uh-huh. As we find out in that last episode, there's a great line. I uh, think it's something like, you know, a lot's happened in 20 years. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, and that's, and another red herring is the good guys think they figured out what's going to happen. They think the bad guy's plan is to get Jack's blood and Picard's DNA and create a clone to get into Frontier Day and fuck shit up. Right. It was a fan theory at the beginning of the season and it had to be a coincidence but the fact that a fan theory was used as the red herring is awesome plan is really fun and uh they go to data's room uh and the whole thing with data is uh his cognitive functions are separate he's half lore uh half data and they turn him on but so he can't move but just talk and he's going back and forth and then Speaking of that awful uh, fucking movie, um, uh, speaking of awful Star Trek movies, uh, they bring up Nemesis uh, briefly. Yeah. Captain, uh, what happened? The Scimitar. Oh, no, Data. We don't talk about that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just just pretend that didn't happen. I told you I rewatched that this past year just to see if I was wrong. I haven't watched Nemesis in fucking forever. I, I wasn't wrong. It's not good. It, and I'm not one of those people who complain. Like a lot of people on IMDb complain about how dark everything is shot. I was like, no, it's just shot like a movie. But yeah. that movie was like when they're on the Romulan ships and everything, and they make the excuse that they don't like the light. I'm like, I wish you liked it a little more because I'm I'm watching this on my screen and I can't see anything. This movie was such a fucking so mess. dark. Yeah. And it's Picard and it's Picard, uh, Picard, uh, Riker and Troy's uh, wedding, right? And that, yep. Why aren't they naked? 
Isn't that the Betazoid tradition? Hey, good point. You know, I mean, then I maybe be interested. You know, I want to see that big beefy uh, Jonathan Frakes in the buff. Oh, good God, yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. You know, he's you know he's got to be like wearing a bearskin rug, just hair. Oh yeah, top everywhere, right? <laughs> totally a bear, by the way. That that that's the definition of a bear. I and mean, you uh, know his wife is right. Oh, from uh, General Hospital. Yeah, right? the, the Laura of uh, soap Oh, opera right, fan. Laura. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So while he was still struggling, man, she was a big star. That's something. Yeah. They met, I think they met on uh, North and South. Oh, they were on that one. Yeah, that's where they met. Okay, you might remember this, not to go off on a, a tangent, but that's what we do. Just like, remember that period in the 90s when you had like two of the same movie come out? It was Bugs Life and Ants. And there was two meteorite movies and two. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. In the 80s on TV, we had two pretty much right around the same time Civil War miniseries. It was North and South. Blue and the Gray. And Blue right? and the Gray. Yeah, and I can't remember Blue and the Gray to save my life. Like, clearly watched North and the South. Wow, we're the exact opposite because I didn't watch North and South and I watched Blue and the Gray like three times. They, okay. Our history teacher showed it to us in uh, seventh grade history. We watched the blue and the gray. Who, was in it? Was... Who were the leads? Because like, I mean, Patrick Swayze was Stacy Stacy Keach. Ah, okay. Is uh, one of the leads. Um, they re. I mean, it's all you know fictional, but they do recreate battles and locations okay. that were historical. And uh, and of course, Stacy Keach also ha- uh, can like see the future. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> oh, Julia Duffy's in it. And dies. I, I remember that. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we had Kirstie Alley in North and South. And we had uh, oh, oh, we had Laura. We had John. We had Riker. I mean, we had uh, I can't remember the girl's name, but she ended up being on Dynasty because of it. Um, yeah. I mean, if I had my phone near me, I'd look it up. I mean, maybe I'll let you know later because there had to be other stars in this thing. It was fucking huge. Oh yeah, no. I mean, North and South was pretty loaded. I mean, David Carradine. Oh well, David Carradine. <laughs> Along with a bunch of others. I mean, yeah, it was, it was a who's who. So when Data switches over to lore, uh, and he's doing his lore evil shit. I love that um uh Jordy's daughter just looks over, he goes, Is he always this arch? Yeah. You know, just almost breaking the, the third wall. And then when Laura explains it to her, he's like, Listen, honey. Almost he's almost friendly to her. It's like, listen, when you gotta listen to this righteous bullshit your whole life you know so it requires me to be arch (laughs) it's so much fun and uh so basically it's the blue side of data in his head versus the red side of uh of lore and uh oh and then they mentioned um that there's four ids in there because they they talked about that earlier earlier episode at soong's in there and b4's in there and lol is in there and here they don't even mention lol and they just yeah. say that that soon and before are there only as memories it's just right. it's kind of great it's just like hey, remember that shit we said two episodes ago forget about it it's just yeah, yeah. yeah and uh they want they wanted uh, to know why they stole picard's body and data 
says something about how something was in his head. Uh, it was misdiagnosed as the, the aromatic syndrome. So now we cut to the strike and uh, the hand leader. Uh, That's a great ship. Yeah, I, I love the ship. There's a lot of criticism too. Like, Why? Oh, it's so intimidating. I mean, I know it's, it's great. Everything you want from the villain ship, you know. It's it's, it's people go. Oh, it's that cold, looks like it's, it's like, yeah. And, it's the uh, people. People were comparing it to the J.J. Abrams movies ships, and I like because all those pointy ships. Yeah, and I'm like, who cares? Who cares? The strike looks fucking badass, dude. It's a great looking bad, bad guy ship. The good guys don't fly around in a ship like that. Yeah, no. And uh, the hand leader, uh, who we now know who the big bad is, is a. Uh, uh talking uh to uh to vatic and uh who's kind of given up again being just like oh, yeah. we're torturing we're torturing the rikers but they're not going to give him up uh, uh and the hand leader like takes control can control the uh, vatic and like kind of squishes her around a little bit to show her who's boss and tells her to find jack right and uh Speaking of Jack, we cut to him him and the turbo lift trying to get a little, Travis, with Sidney LaForge. Do you remember this scene? Yes. <laughs> He's like, so uh, what are your quarters like? Yeah. I'm an ensign. They're small. He's like, well, you know, half the ship's empty. I got me a nice pad. You want to maybe come check it, check out? it out? <laughs> in the middle, you know, in the middle, you know, that's not a Picard maneuver. That's a Riker maneuver right there. Yeah, it is a total Riker. It's a Kirk maneuver, you know? <laughs> I think if you count up the seasons, though. Yeah, I, th- I think Picard was, was more of a, hey, you want to look at, uh, play music in this turbo shaft or something. Uh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. You mean just like, oh, we could go and discuss uh, Shakespeare. And, uh, have a little or, hey, meet me, meet me at the captain's quarters, yeah. you know? Yeah. Riker wants to get out that Horgon and get down to business. <laughs> <laughs> you know that risa that risa holodeck has yeah. seen has seen some terrible things with will Riker in there i'm sure can you imagine what barkley did it with on a risa fucking oh, thing boy. oh fuck. they uh there's again there's a joke in lower decks where someone's put on uh holodeck cleaning fil- cleaning the filters duty uh-huh and the captain uh, she's like, oh, well, wh- why is that bad? And he's like, well, Captain, you know what people do in there. And she's like, they do what? <laughs> it's, it's the only That's come. Funny. It's the only come joke in the entire uh, the entire show. And then we figure out he could kind of read her mind. He's starting to be able to read her mind, and uh, and she's thinking like. Oh, maybe he should. Uh, is he flirting with me? Maybe he should just touch my hand. So he does. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, "What the fuck, dude?" Like, Jack, boundaries, brother. Right. <laughs> That's kind of fucked up. And we cut to Jack and Picard and uh, and everyone on the bridge, and they get this like tracking signal that got pinged. Yep. And uh, it tells you that uh, a captain is in distress, but it also gives the location of where you are. Yep. Uh, so that that way they know uh, Will Riker is alive. So they scramble comms, and uh, Jack feels guilty for everything. He has a nice thing to say about Riker. He's just like, he's been nothing but good to me, and now he's you know going to get killed, and I'm not worth it. And uh, 
he's telling his father that he's hearing things, but then won't say say anything else. And uh, that gives Picard an idea. He thinks he knows how to get Vatic. So then we cut to open space, uh, Alpha Quadrant, where the Shrike finds the Titan and then uh, and a beat up Vulcan ship. So they're setting a trap. Uh, there's fake logs, I guess, of uh, the Vulcan. They never really explain this. Like they listen and there's like logs from the Vulcan ship talking about having fought the Titan and they're all down now. Uh, they, that must have been cut for time or something yeah. you know, that, that they needed to create those. But yeah. on the second time around, I figured it out. I remember it confused me the first time. And uh, they figured it could be a trap, but no, and they mentioned no transporters, which is important. Yeah. But not yet. So they get on board, the bad guys do, and Jack sort of pops up there and uh, leads them on a chase. And they trap, the, they trap all the changelings in force fields. Jack and Sydney are trapped in a force field with uh, the big, uh, the big giant changeling, yep. and another one on the side. And Jordy's trying to transport them out, but they can't because guess who's taking? Because you know, in the middle of all this, they left Data plugged in, which was kind of stupid. And it ain't Data; it's Lore. Lore's taking yep. over, and boy, I did I pop because we knew going in the villains that we did know we were going to get were Moriarty and Lore, right? Yep. And now we get Lore, you know? And while we get them over the next, this uh, episode and the next, it's great. It's one more time for Lore, who I always loved as a Star Trek recurring villain. He really was a good recurring villain, you know? Just living for chaos. Like, we were talking about uh, next-gen uh, two-parters earlier. I remember really loving the the one that ends with lore and teaming up with the Borg. Yeah. I remember he's, I remember that line. He's like, you made, you neutered him. He made him puppies. He made him something. I can't remember exactly uh, the line. You know what I'm talking about though? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of remember, but when he's like, and David turns around and it's like the sons of Soong have joined. And, yes. And it ends with, you know, Picard, Troy, and Jordy, uh, surrounded by like 300 Borgs. Borg. Yeah. And it's awesome. And then part two was, yeah, we met Hugh. That's where Hugh showed up again, right? Yeah, Hugh shows, which was fun at first. You know, yeah. I liked Hugh. Like when they kill Hugh in season one of this, it like got me. I remember being like, "Oh man!" <laughs> I, I oh yeah, Hugh. that. And I love that actor. The actor, he's had a nice career too. Uh, Has he? Actor. A little bit. I looked him up. He's he does stuff. And right now, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Hard for Picard. And before we get to the conclusion of this exciting episode of Star Trek Picard, Pete, I am DB Curious. So am I. You sound like it. <laughs> First of all, the trivia. Now, you'd think the trivia on the IMDb's for the, the, the Star Treks would be full of geeks geeking out about Star Trek. And surprisingly, no, not a lot of that, but this this person let's see how long i can uh this is a, this is a long one pete we're going to talk about the chintaka system uh which is located in cardassian space near the federation border 
During the Dominion War, the Chintaka system saw heavy fighting, including two major battles. In 2374, the Federation Alliance's first offensive into Cardassian space became known as the First Battle of Chintaka in Star Trek Deep Space Nine Tears of the Prophets. Starfleet intelligence learned the system was only being protected by five squadrons of Jem'Hadar attack ships because the rest had been diverted to reinforce Dominion forces along the Romulan front. However, arriving in the system, the Federation Klingon fleet discovered the system was being protected by the Dominion's new orbital weapons platform. The platforms were heavily shielded and the Alliance fleet suffered heavy casualties until a weakness was discovered in the platform shields, allowing them to be destroyed and the system captured. The Alliance remained in control of the system until late 2375 when the Dominion, thanks for help from their new Breen allies, were able to retake the system in Star Trek Deep Space Nine, The Changing Face of Evil. When the combined Dominion-Breen fleet entered the Chintaka system, the Alliance launched a major counterattack in an attempt to repel them, which became known as the Second Battle of Chintaka. This effort failed dramatically thanks to the Breen's new energy-dampening weapon, which was capable of disabling the shields of a starship in a single shot, with a follow-up shot crippling the ship by frying the main computer core and disabling main power. 311 of the 312 ships in the Alliance fleet were destroyed, including the original USS Defiant. And uh, that's like six episodes of Deep Space Nine in two paragraphs. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> that's the kind of detail I appreciate. But only 23 of 27 people found that interesting. So maybe it's a lot of the people in the reviews who apparently never watched Deep Space Nine because that's there's a lot of complaints about what's the shit with the Federation doing a genocide? I'm like, yeah, it was on Deep Space Nine. The Federation did a genocide. <laughs> it happened. Okay. But this review, Pete, let us see if you can make a heads or tail of this. Uh, because it's kind of tough for me, but wow, I think I kind of get it. But hold on a second. This this requires a drink. 10 out of 10. Titled The Sins of Rome from Chris Schiffer. Finally, Star Trek is showing the true face of the so-called Federation which of course is the continuation of the United Nations, which is in turn the facade of Rome, the Vatican. Beautifully, the victims of the Federation managed to subdue our common enemy, so I indulge myself with the hope of seeing the Federation destroyed once and for all. Clearly, such hopes are futile. MSM would never allow that to happen, or that Rome didn't come out as the supposed moral victor, even though they committed genocide. The Federation gets away with everything, always, or so they think. I wonder why the Federation is showing its true face, though. What would be the brainwash in the end? Wow. Um, he takes it personal, huh? Um. Okay. At the beginning of this, there's definitely some conspiracy theory shit going on about how the Vatican is controlling things and still does. That's a being someone who grew up Catholic and moved out to Colorado. I've heard a lot of these weird anti-Catholic fucking conspiracy theories told to my face, mind you, which is, was always nice at work, like at work going, is it true what they say about you people, you Catholics? And I'm like, <laughs> what? Uh, okay, for instance, my boss, lovely woman, nice woman, was going on about how we are Catholics are. 
are idolaters because uh, you do that stuff like that crazy thing where you have to get a statue of saint joseph and bury it upside down in your lawn when you're going to sell try to sell your property and i looked at her I'm like what the fuck what the fuck are you talking yeah about? right i'm catholic i've never heard of that one are you, have you okay you're catholic too have you yeah. ever heard that no no, I'm a, I, I'm, I fall into the lapsed Catholic thing. Oh, so. me too. But um, I mean, come on. but I, I certainly was around my family a lot when we sold property, and I've never don't remember ever. that. Yeah, it's so fucking weird. Lots of that shit. I'm uh, God. I could go on and on. It was like I've never in my life, growing up in the Northeast, Pete. You you'd hear about. Like in certain parts of the country, people are prejudiced against Catholics and there's a oh, Catholic yeah. prejudice. And when I was growing up, I just, it, it wasn't real to me because everyone was Catholic in the Yeah, up north, north everyone's the Catholic. Down south, that's a whole different <laughs> Yeah, animal. exactly. Yeah. You know, I used to think people were exaggerating. Like, oh, you just want to be a victim too, grandma. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I remember reading about how people like were against Kennedy because they thought his loyalties would be to the vatican and not the united states but i was like that that was like to me that was, could might have well has been a hundred years away from my experience right but, but and i when i moved to colorado as a grown man in my late 30s i was told this shit to my face and it was the very first time that i ever declared myself as a catholic uh because <laughs> i was a lapsed catholic i don't know yeah yeah i'm not I'm, yeah i'm essentially i'm essentially an atheist i'm not you know that's I hate using the word atheist because so many famous atheists are fucking assholes. Right. And, and so many atheists are assholes about being an atheist that I hate using the term, but that's more or less me. I'm a spiritual atheist. But as soon as that prejudice was being thrown in my face, boy, did I bring out my Catholic flag. Like, I'm Catholic. Yeah, I think the only Fuck prayer you. I can say is I can say in our father, anything other me than too. that, Nothing. I can't do, I don't even think I can do a Hail Mary. So, um, Oh, if you put me in mass, I'm sure there is some shit that that I'll that I'll remember. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, if I went to mass, I mean? which I have again, I haven't been to mass and fuck, I can't remember when. Um, oh, me neither. But I mean, when I was in high school, okay, I've gone okay. ever since I got out of high school. Oh well, this will ring a bell because I, I I don't know if we either kneeled, stood, or uh, uh or uh, sat down for this. Alleluia. Yeah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Christ the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And now we all sit down. And now we all sit down, and that's that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm sure I can remember all that. I remember complaining to my mom about all the. And I thought, yeah, I thought that down. was standing. That one, but that okay, that was outstanding. Yeah. Okay, real quick, real quick before I get back to this. So you know, again, you get... most of my memories now are coming going to a goddamn Catholic weddings. Uh, oh, they're those long. are like the only times I ever go to fucking church. They're long. Oh, they're long. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the receptions um, are even longer usually. Don't mind the receptions, but boy, that yeah, full mass and a wedding is uh, that's a rough. Pack yeah. of lunch. <laughs> Hell yeah! One time I complained to my mom. We were out, out of town, and she found a church for us to go to on Sunday, and. Uh, I was wearing shorts and the kneeling, you know, the thing you kneel on, yeah. uh, wasn't padded. It was just hard wood. Yeah. That's what and, my daddy, yeah, you're really soft. And I bitch and I started bitching about it to my mom and she looks so at me. She's like, Oh, your knees hurt. Well, how do you think Jesus felt? Yeah, I know. That yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I looked at it. I was like, uh, bad. 
<laughs> yeah, that's not the old nun talking. That's what the nuns would say. Oh boy. <laughs> Go back to the show. I, I luckily never went to Catholic school, but I know a lot of family did. Um me neither. Yeah, again, yeah, that's a northern yeah. thing. And when I was living down south, so yeah. Well, no, we didn't um like we it was weird. Like I was we were Catholic, but my dad wasn't. And I didn't have to go to what you know, all this, you know, either Catholic school, but even confirmation didn't do any okay. of that shit all through the whole. We didn't do the whole first. Oh, see, I went to confirmation. My stuff. parents made me do that. That's funny is my sister never did. And then when we, when she got married, which is funny, me and my brother never got married. So we didn't have to go to it. So when my sister got married, she's going to go get married in Catholic church because she hadn't been confirmed. Oh, okay. See? So I, I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah. This is what happens, mom, dad, when you force us to go to confirmation class. You just, your, you just gum up, sister. you just gum up like the a, whole works. There's like a 12, 13 age, year, age difference between us and stuff. So uh, uh, they didn't make her. And so I'm like, can you imagine when all the family comes up for the wedding? We're not going in a Catholic church. Oh, boy. Just torturing my mother to death. I'm sure. My dad just didn't give two, two fucks. But God, it was fun torturing my mom about it. I, one last thing. I remember my great-grandmother, my great Italian great-grandmother, who was very, very Catholic. I mean, she had uh-huh. pictures of the Pope. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, fuck. My, my grandparents, when they got too old to go to church, they'd bring the damn priest to him. And they'd mm-hmm. have mass, not mass, but have communion in the apartment, and not the apartment, the house they were living in. And I remember my brother goes, shows up on a Sunday, and he goes, don't ever go there on a Sunday. And I go, well, no. He goes, yeah, I came, but I just came by to say hello, visit. And I ended up having to do a Hail Mary, and I couldn't, I embarrassed myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, my great-grandmother, um, at this point, she was old enough, she didn't didn't want to go anymore. She just right. like, because she she wasn't a fan of of Vatican II, and the fact that they didn't do uh, mass in Latin anymore, they're just like you know, ah, it's so, it's so no good anymore. It's, uh... But I remember they we got her to go. My grandmother got her to go one Sunday, and there was a visiting preacher from like uh, some like Southern Baptist uh, church who was visiting in various churches. And uh, the father, and these are the Franciscans, the hippies of the Catholic Church. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I was like, everyone, please welcome uh, Reverend So and So. He's visiting us. Uh, a nice, polite applause. And uh, he gets up there and immediately starts with, "Friends, let me tell you, know, like, like Southern Baptist shit." And my four foot tall, four foot wide, shaped like a meatball Italian great grandmother was like, started just cursing in Italian. Like this was too much, too much. It's not in it, it's bad enough, it's not in Latin, but this crazy shit and insisted on leaving. It just waddled out of there and we had to take her home. Nah. <laughs> I laughed my fucking ass off and got in trouble for it. Of course. Of oh, the dog hey, said get back to Star Trek. I know. Exactly. I was thinking <laughs> the same thing because I I I'm on a budget time frame, so let's oh, make it man, happen. Let's go. Let's go yeah. then. So Jordy's trying to transport warp them. ten. Warp ten. Well, not warp ten, because then you'll turn it. We'll turn into salamanders and fuck each other. We'll go warp seven. Okay. You know, you know what? You remember that Voyager, right? Yeah. <laughs> so Jordy tries to transport Jack and Sydney out, and he can't. Lore's taking control. He's got everyone trapped, and uh, we've been hearing Vatic whistle three blind mice. So as uh, I love ben, that, yeah, I love that. I honestly. love it. 
Yeah. So Bev's uh, confronting her and Bev's ready to kill. She's telling her and she calls her out like, oh, aren't you adorable? You know, and then Picard's coming in. She basically is like, oh, I get it. Good cop, bad cop. Is that what you're doing here? All right, fine. Um, and they confront her with, we know your plan to clone me. And she just kind of doesn't react to it. Like, oh, yeah. Is that what you think? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> now knowing watching this for the second time it, you, you observe the way she takes that in it's very funny yeah it uh, is um and picard uh he's talking he's like look i know the dominion war sucked and uh and this is when we start getting her backstory when she's like don't you compare your atrocities to our warfare which is i could see that point of view you know like the bad guys don't think they're bad guys, right? That's right. the old Michael Hayes thing. The bad guys yeah. have to think that you know they're right. And the Dominion did a lot of shitty stuff, but it was warfare. I don't think they introduced any fucking viruses yeah. to anybody. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and they're fascist dictators. But uh, you can see where she's, you know, got a point. And if you watch Deep Space Nine, you got you also understand that. The, the changelings were persecuted for thousands of years. That's why they hate the solids. Yeah. They ruin everything. And they're kind of right. Uh, so she says, you ruined my world. Your Federation turned to genocide. And this part I love, Pete, because they do a two sides to history and neither of them are correct. The truth is always somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Because Picard's like, oh, the Federation gave you the cure. And that's not true. And she says, no, one of our own had to steal it. And that's yeah. Odo. But that's not what happened either. It was Bashir and O'Brien who went into the mind of Sloan. Yeah. And got the cure, gave it to Odo, who then gave it to the changelings. So the truth is hidden in their her hatred and, and, the, and Picard's the whitewashing of history on the Federation side uh, that the, the, because the, the, the Federation that was in deep space nine, the, the, they said, we're yeah. not going to give it to you. <laughs> and, and that's some deep shit that I fucking love. And it's actually kind of, kind of <laughs> interesting because they also do a lot of whitewashing in season one of Picard about the, uh, the war of uh, the war. We never really saw. On oh, which war? We're talking about the, the uh, Oh, the, um, the data's war. Yes. When they take over Mars, that's what you're talking about? Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, believe me, I whitewashed that in my mind, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, did you hear? Uh, uh, Metallus re re revealed a few things that they, they wanted to do in the finale, but didn't have the budget for. One of which was he have Data meet his daughter. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm kind of glad they ran out of budget for it because yeah, never shit. <laughs> No, she was shit at all. She's, I'm glad she's with Wesley wherever traveling. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's not the daughter. That's the alternate timeline one. They're talking about the the android one who. Uh, oh. Still oh okay. Oh yeah. No, I, 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 who gives a shit? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and then we find out what happened to her. There were POWs during the Dominion War. POW uh -huh. uh, changelings, and. They were Daystrom being experimented on cruelly. Like it is the way they shoot this, it's just like, and it's Amanda Plummer's the scientist, you know, because she takes the form of her torturer. Yeah. And 
she's just like sticking needles and burning some fucking goo. Yeah. But the way it's shot and the sound effects in the background of of like screaming makes this scene just fucking brutal. So it looked brutal. And uh and she takes her form and kills her and she has the powers because they were turning them into weapons. Yeah. To use as spies. And that's why she's got these powers where she can really become fully human. And uh, she gives them to other changelings who want revenge. Right. And that's the origin of this sect of changelings, which is, I fucking love it. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's some, again, that's the repercussions of Deep Space Nine. Shaw said it last episode. You know, you, create, uh, you created a bunch of fucking zealots. Shaw's always kind of right about everything Starfleet's done. <laughs> Yeah, R.I.P. You know, <laughs> R.I.P. It's a. Uh, it's not spoiling anything. Uh, Shaw does not make it out of this season alive. No, <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, pretty sure everyone's sadly. seen everything. I but doubt this, they're uh, slowing down the pace of watching just to listen. To us. But this is. But this is also. They're they're going to do that spinoff. This is Star Trek, and if there's one thing that can happen in Star Trek, is bridge crew can come back from the fucking dead. So we'll see. Or twin brother, or or, or a hog, you know, a, you know. How, how about a mirror? Uh, how about mirror universe Shaw, who's nice to seven and nine? There we go. There yeah, go. or a transporter issue. Or uh, I saw actually I saw this one, emergency medical. Not I'm not, not emer- near the emergency medical hologram. Uh, emergency engineering hologram. Yeah, I was gonna Shaw. say mechanic. Okay, nice. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, mechanic Shaw. I'm like, that's fun. I <laughs> boy, am I fantasy booking that show in my head already. Um, so uh, Jack and Sydney, they're trapped. The changelings are punching this force field, and it's so funny. Like, one of the, the things I read that was a complaint was like, these for- the aliens could punch a force field and make it weak. I'm like, no, Lore is fucking with them. Lore is taking control of the ship. He loves chaos. And uh, we got Jack reading Sydney's mind and uh, and trying to figure out what to do. And the three blind mice thing is what the scientist was whistling while torturing Vatic. And uh, and when she describes all this, it was called Project Proteus. And uh, and the, the symphony of torture that she heard and stuff. Oh, this is some great villain origin monologue. Yeah, there. it really is. Yeah. <laughs> it's so fun. I love her. She's over the top as fuck, but so was her father as General Chang. So yeah. I love it. She even uh oh she references Wesley. Speaking of Wesley, she looks at uh Bev. Oh, yeah. He's like, you're gonna lose another son. Because <laughs> she ain't putting up with their shit. Like they've got her trapped, but she's like, ah, whatever. And uh and Jordy begging Data to, to come out of Lore, uh, he, whew, give him the Emmy. And the way he's crying and talking about how he broke he was when Data died. Yeah. Oh, man, LeVar Burton, just killer. And uh, speaking of killer, uh, Bev, Bev and Picard are going, I guess we need to kill her to kill that. Yeah. And... Lore's like, uh-uh, drops all the force fields. And then in one of the... So it, it's already established that Picard's a hell of a shot, and Beverly is now, too. Yeah. Force fields drop. Vatic goes gooey. 
and just kind of slithers away up a tube and they are firing away at point blank range and can't hit the fucking stormtrooper bad it's stormtrooper bad yeah. <laughs> it sticks out like a sore thumb like they like, didn't have their glasses on you know that's it's it, like, they didn't, but... or I, forgot, I forgot my phaser glasses i left them on the <laughs> i left them on the table <laughs> I'm better with a with a phaser rocket or phaser uh, shotgun, whatever she was using earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, she was all phaser rifle. I'm a rifle yeah, gal. She, yeah, she's a rifle gal. <laughs> <laughs> and we got uh, Jack and Sydney are fighting the changelings, and he's using the telepathy thing to, so they can take out the changeling. And finally, the doors open. Jordy got through to data and uh and, if, and then it's, after they do this uh Sydney's like were you in my fucking mind and is like backing off from him like from Jack yeah like, can I trust you are you a fucking changeling and uh so then Beverly looks up project Proteus and finds out that there's a way they can track uh all these uh all these uh changelings there's some yeah. sort of uh radioactive shit in them in them and uh that doesn't mean anything because uh shaw and some uh shaw and two red shirts get taken they're in yellow shirts but the void they get taken out red shirt style boom yeah. boom and shaw's uh attacking vatic and the big guy shoots him but doesn't kill him and he just again and once again shaw gets the living shit kicked out of him get out of him yeah and yells uh blow the turbo lift at seven to blow the turbo lift kill the hit he's willing to sacrifice himself to kill vatic and the changeling and seven doesn't do it and all that goes by in a second because that's a plot point the next episode when he tells her why did she do that and i was like what's he talking about and the second it happened so fast so fast you didn't have any resonation it's almost like i don't like it's like almost like watching some wrestling nowadays yeah yeah exactly and uh and then we see uh, Bloody Shaw tossed into the fucking bridge. Yeah, it's like, you know, again. it's almost like the people complaining about wrestling. Uh, they, oh, they don't sell enough. Uh, this is like they didn't sell the moment, you know? I tell you, well, uh, uh, Shaw's selling. He's, yeah. got a crim- he's wearing the, the proverbial, the, the crimson, proverbial mask. crimson mask. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the changelings have taken over the ship. And I love Vatic here just. Yeah, could you please please turn on the the uh, the intercom? Thank you, honey. Yeah, and just her little speech she gives that she's now the captain of the USS Titan. That's great. Uh, great chewing the scenery. Great chewing the scenery here. That slow motion chewing the scenery. Yeah, as she sits down in the very comfy chair and it's yep. like, holy shit, because the plan they invited her onto the ship to yeah. trap her, but she's gotten them and it all. I mean, like. This is such a great cliffhanger of like, wow, they're fucked. How do they get yeah. out of this one? And it's like, boom, 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 boom. It is definitely boom, 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 boom. And she boom, 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 booms it with this line. Jack, it's time to learn who you really are. Yeah. Well, guess what? That would tell you that next episode, we're going to find out what Jack really is. Nope, 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 no. No, 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 no. <laughs> they they double clutch you on that one. <laughs> they do. But all in all, Pete, I look. Like, I think the only thing that stands out about this episode I didn't like was that Picard and Beverly couldn't shoot the changeling. Yeah, no, it was good. Otherwise, it's great. 
all these episodes have been really strong, you know. Um, I mean, and it just grows the lore, and you know, it's just really good. Yep, it's so much fun doing this. And Pete, I know you've got time constraints, and I want to thank you again uh, for doing this with me. This is so much fun every time we get oh, together. Oh, sure, without a doubt, man. I, I look forward to this. And we'd like to thank you, uh, those of you who are listening, who enjoy us talking about Star Trek, uh, 80s uh, TV miniseries, and Catholicism. Uh, oh, yeah. You guys have a good week. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Go with peace. <laughs> you